first time ever. Hear you loud and clearly. Uh, and it was going place. That stuff's great. But the game is not a roguelike. Boomer shooter. Bang. Hello, this is John St. John, and you're listening to KWEP In The Keep, bringing you all the hits from the finest in the world of gaming and entertainment. Now sit back and relax as the drowned god Cathala lulls your mind with the tastiest talk in town. Welcome to another chapter of In The Keep Podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherload. The Keep is a collective of gaming enthusiasts compelled by the drowned god Cathala to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. After 94 long episodes. Making me feel I old. Pigeons. I kill pigeons. Has returned, and it took an act of Cathala. Uh, I had to go through Congress. I had to basically, uh, like, I had to put on this whole thing. Like, I had to put on a pageant for you to give me the time of day. And yeah, I looked out my window, and there was like a parade out there um, with <laughs> Cathala leading the parade. I'm like, all right, I think I need to. I think I need to start talking to Mother Load again. I was really disappointed. <laughs> That the uh, I was throwing rocks at your window last night, and I had a mariachi band out there, and we were serenading, but you just never <laughs> woke up. <laughs> I didn't know what to do, so I just figured I'll wait until the morning and give you a text. And- <laughs> uh, the one I, I'm not normally a deep sleeper, but if there's one thing that'll put me under, it's mariachi bands. But you didn't know that, so <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I'm gonna get all this out of the way, like right up front. Yeah. I am so happy. Like, forget about this stupid recording bullshit. I am personally really happy to be talking to you right now. Like, I've Aww. missed you so much. You were like such an integral part of how this whole thing came to be. And we're, I, I don't know how I'm going to structure this yet, but this is going to be probably a multi part episode called Episode 100. It's like, try, I'm trying to get everybody who's helped me in this journey to build this thing that it is now together, or at least, you know, to, to voice something and to spend time with them. It's, it's just more for me than anybody else. I'm sure when I left off on episode 99 and I said, episode 100 is going to be a fucking banger. You guys, they're like, Oh, sick. Fucking Hideo Kojima's coming out. I'm like, no, (laughs) it's just going to be me drinking beer with all my friends. (laughs) Like, (laughs) <laughs> everyone's like yes we're getting these awesome like gaming celebrities oh it's the pigeon killer <laughs> uh you're you're a far bigger gamer celebrity to me than any, any famous person could ever oh thanks buddy i miss you too a lot actually there is uh to reflect a bit you and spaced were like the positive driving force that made me say that I should pursue this. Like this is mm. not stupid. This is not a waste of my time. This community formed organically around just us three being best pals. And yeah, that 
I know you're not like all up in it anymore, but it's grown like a, it's like we planted a little seed together. And even though you don't live on this little homestead anymore, uh, it's still our tree. Yeah. I need to come back and visit the homeland uh, more. <laughs> you, make, you do the, uh, <laughs> the pilgrimage once in a while. Right. Right. Crawl <laughs> up the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> With my rocket launcher strapped to my back. Or I'll just rocket jump up the uh, I'll rocket jump up the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the arena FPS version. <laughs> so, just to to generally kind of get into it a bit, like you've done the last time we spoke, you had done Back to the Future, or no, 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 you hadn't done Back to the Future yet. Correct. You had done the Princess Bride. The Princess which, Bride. Side note: I ironically just got done watching like this awesome Andre the Giant documentary the other day. They got really oh nice, that, and I was thinking of you the whole time. Oh, uh, I can't I can't think of the Princess Bride or Andre the Giant at all without oh that's my buddy. He did that thing. It was awesome. <laughs> but since then, you you sent me the Back to the Future one, which was awesome. I fucking loved it, and I, I think you should probably do the explaining of what the hell I'm talking about for anybody. <laughs> Um, okay, so so yeah, you watched uh, uh, one of you watched one of our shows, the recording that I sent you. Yeah. Nice. Um, something happened, and uh, I'll get into this uh, after uh, in in a bit. But remind me to in case I forget. Something happened uh, in our last show, our last live show. I made a goof that was extremely memorable, and there's a video of it. I happened to just absentmindedly be like, yeah, I may as well record my POV for this. Um, and so there's video from my point of view, from audience point of view. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, something that I'm glad it happened. Um, but it's not something I ever want to repeat. <laughs> uh, but so back to the, uh, back to the future. Um, uh, for those that you know might not know, uh, I'm with the, a group of amateur actors and actresses uh, that do stage plays live in virtual reality in a game called Rec Room. And a few years ago, we did uh, we got started because someone wrote a script for The Princess Bride, basically parodying The Princess Bride, and got all of us on board to do it. And after production, now we you know got through The Princess Bride. And had so much fun by the end of it, all of the work was worth it. So we decided, let's do Back to the Future. And so we did a, the main hub room in uh, Rec Room is called the Rec Center. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, it was called the Locker Room. And so our Back to the Future parody was called Back to the Rec Center because Marty went back in time to where to the locker room and he needs to get back to the Rec Center. Um and so this, again, like The Princess Bride, was a parody um, set in Rec Room where Marty was trying to get his account back, uh, like his account was going to disappear instead of his life. But it was still, you know, super dramatic because whatever. Um, we had practical effects uh, or special effects, I should say, on stage of the DeLorean disappearing, flame trails on the ground, stuff like that. And we intentionally made it look like it was a theater play. Like, I'm you know, sure you noticed the flames were basically just 
almost like two cardboard cutouts of flame cuts, you know, going back and forth seesawing, um, yeah, you know, it's like you guys did like the, the elementary school production. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, it's, it's kind of the aesthetic we want to do. We do want it to look good. We want our uh, uh, sets to look great, but we also want it to look like it's a stage play. Uh, you know, it, uh, some of the biggest compliments we get from people is I feel like I just saw uh, a show in a real life theater and that's, that's what we want. Um, so it was, it was a ton of fun. Uh, uh, my favorite part is uh, the DeLorean taking off and like it flies right over the audience at the end when, uh, you know, of course they all get in, Doc comes back and, you know, we got to go back to the future and all that at the end of the first movie. We have that. And then the DeLorean takes off and it, take, and it does a slow flyby right over the audience, like close enough to where you can almost touch it as the audience. And every show, you could just hear people uh, just gasp or hold their breath. Like, <gasps> it was it was great. And then, of course, it would turn around and then... Uh, disappear right in the middle of you know stage and instantly there's a logo and uh, end credits and stuff except there was one last scene because you can't do back to the future and not have all three uh represented so we had one last scene representing uh the second and third movie uh which if anyone wants to see that um the show itself is roughly about an hour and a half um we have we have a recording um, that we're going to edit down to make it more concise. Uh, right now, we just have the official live streams um, up, but we will be putting up a recording eventually um, to make it a bit better viewing experience. Um, for now, I would think it's up on YouTube. I would say if you want to watch it, watch the latest uh, uh the latest recording because that's our last live show and something happened with me playing George. Uh, good segue into this. <laughs> um, you know, Biff, he's a bully to George and he, there's the gag in the movie where he's like, you know, points to the shoes. Hey, Hey McFly, your shoes are untied and then smacks him in the face. Right. So we have that gag in there and we time it. Obviously it's in VR, so we can't physically smack my face but we time it. So it looks like it does. And I got to whip my head back with my VR headset on. Well, through practice and through live shows, cause we did something like 16 live shows, uh, whereas Princess Bride, we only did like six. Um, we did a lot of live shows back at the rec center. It was great, but practice and live shows. I probably did that head toss back cause it happens twice a show. Um, probably did that at least a hundred times. <laughs> The last show, I forget to tighten my headset. My headset just goes flying off um, and, and lands across the room. So in, in VR, it looks like Biff smacked George and George just, just went like backflipping 10 feet away. It <laughs> just smacks on the ground. Um, turns out that earlier that day, because uh, we have some people on the acting troupe that work for Rec Room, one of them admitted afterwards, uh, yeah, we just implemented a thing earlier today that if we detect you traveling like too fast through your play space, we think you're cheating because like no one moves that fast through their play space. And so it kicked me back to my dorm room. 
So George goes backflipping about 10 feet away, lands... The uh, dorm room face- is like the hub area. It's um, The dorm room is your home room. It's your right. starting room. Yeah. Um, it's where you change your clothes and stuff. When you log in, you're in the dorm room, uh, that kind of thing. Um, if you get banned, you get restricted to your dorm room for the band duration, that sort of thing. So it sent me back to my dorm room automatically from the theater. So from audience perspective, Biff smacks him. George goes back flipping, lands 10 feet away, and then disappears. And then credit to um, well, all of us, like when we're in practices and things go wrong, we just kind of uh, ad lib through it or improv through it. Show must go on kind of thing. And we've gotten pretty good at that. And so Marty's sitting there and he goes, whoa. You killed him, and, and Biff's just you know he keeps acting like yeah well, you know that's that's just my power, and then <laughs> um, there's this awkward like the curtain goes down right as the curtain goes down um, I come back in and I immediately just start blaming Biff for knocking my headset off and so it just became a came a. a like ad lib line for the rest of the show that Biff can knock uh, headsets off and he was threatening to knock people's headsets off. It was great. Um, but the most wonderful thing about any live performance is there are going to be mistakes. Like, yeah, that's what makes them special. It's like, yeah. Or, or, you know, not necessarily an actor. I mean, my obvious reference is going to always be pro wrestling, but like the ability to, make that part of the show like yeah not make it a huge mistake i remember my band director when i was a kid uh like middle school and he would say like if you're gonna blow a sour note you better blow it as loud as you possibly <laughs> i don't want people over here like afraid to make mistakes and so you're not really playing yeah just go all in on it yeah exactly it's um like we could have taken our time and done a perfect recording, you know, record each scene perfectly and then put out a video. But where's the fun in that? You do live shows, like you said, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Each one's just a little unique. And and it's been uh, it's been really fun because our shows back at the rec center uh, exposed us to a bunch of other people that also do live VR theater. Um and so we joined a Discord where there's a bunch of other acting troops doing stuff, and it's been it's been really fun to see what other people are doing. Um, and a lot of uh, some a lot of the stuff out there is the audience. They'll have a small audience of you know four to eight people, and they are part of the show. It's like interactive. You're going through the through the show with the the actors and they're including the audience as part of the show. It's a lot of fun. Um, we're, I think we're going to stick more with stage, uh, like traditional theater for now, but it's really exciting to see VR theater kind of take off. I mean, I remember when you guys kind of first at least told me that you were doing this kind of stuff and I, this is pre the vid, you know, and I was, yeah. I was trying to tell you like, there's going to be a market for this kind of thing. I'm sure it's not like blowing the fucking, you know, billboard <laughs> charts up or uh, right. cracking the box office quite. Yet, I don't have paparazzi out my door, just a Cathala parade. Yeah. <laughs> but 
and a mariachi what, band still. What we didn't see coming. You guys can was, go home. Sorry, I was talking to the mariachi band. They're uh, still playing. Vamos, no vemos, nos vemos. Nos vemos. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> what we didn't see coming was that there was going to be this epic time when everyone suddenly just had to get used to remote communication. Um, right. And and that happened. And as far as I knew, like were, these other acting troops that you're talking about, were, were they also like active prior to you guys doing the rec room stuff, or was there like a kind of a simultaneous? Um, this thing? I I want to say they were they were active uh, before, but not as well known. I think because everyone's sitting at home looking for entertainment, yeah. and so yeah. you know. It's got. It had to have helped them out for sure. It definitely helped our interest with uh, uh, back to the rec center. Um, I would imagine yeah. it also has to has some connection to the popularity of the individual game in which you are doing your production or the software even. So, like for you rec room guys, like you have the, whatever the audience of rec room is, and then trying to get you know even if you do get like you guys got like cnet coverage or whatever but like how many of the people who see that are actually going to go try out rec room you know? right especially with the rec room um and rec room the game itself it uh like when we did princess bride it was a vr only game and during production <laughs> of it they added uh like pancake mode screen mode players and I, now I they're with you guys like once or twice on screen mode. Like, yeah. I don't do the VR thing. Have a VR. Yeah. We need to fix that someday, but that's <laughs> another topic. Um, so rec room itself, uh, very, very happy for them. Uh, I have a lot of friends that work for the company, uh, and they have been wildly successful, but with that success, uh, they, they're on Xbox, they're on PlayStation VR, they're on PlayStation, uh, they're on iOS. And the demographic for the players uh, has skewed very young as a result. Uh, and so part of what we had to, kind of a stigma we had to uh, uh, fight against a little bit when we're trying to convince people to come watch our show is Rec Room's not just a kid's game. Yes, there's a lot of kids in there we're doing very adult things in there. Um, come check it out. And we had some people um, flat out say like, that was not what I was expecting. That was way better than what I was expecting, you know? Um, and so it's kind of fighting against that stigma, but rec room, rec room gives us and continues to give us such uh, excellent tools to do uh, what we want to do that I don't see us moving on. At least not for now. Our next our next show will be a it will not be a parody. It will be a straight uh, stage adaptation of the movie Clue, and that will be done in Rec Room. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to not going to share details yet, but uh, you should totally come see a show when we're ready to do it. Um, we're still in uh, pre production stages right now, but when we're ready to do it, um, we. Uh, we're going to be doing some stuff with our theater that hasn't been done in real life uh, or in VR ever in a th- in any kind of a theater show in real life, because it would be like almost impossible. You could do it, but it would be like 
a billionaire would have to want to <laughs> pour a bunch of money. We can just do stuff in VR that you can't in real life. So much easier. I mean, I'm a hundred percent in your corner. Like I want to show up for shit, but you have to like tell me when things happen. I will. I know. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, when we're getting closer to, uh, to clue, like we're still, still writing the script right now. It's, it's pretty fairly a ways out. We're getting closer to that. I will let you know. And maybe I can convince you to let me send you a VR headset or something so you can actually attend in VR because it's a thousand times better I when you're actually there. is going to pay for it, sure. I, I think I've told you this before. I'm, I'm really afraid of what it'll do to me. Like, <laughs> because I've seen what it's done to you. And no, no offense, but like you're totally in that world now. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go. You don't want to be pulled away. I, <laughs> I, I really like what I do. I like, uh, you know, spending time with my wife. I like, I like petting my cat. <laughs> um, and I, and I have the most addictive personality. No, I mean, I'm sitting here like here, here's a beer, here's some nicotine, here's like. The yeah, but it's it's like ten of- it's like ten p.m. for you though. It's it's ten a.m. for me, but it's ten p.m. for you. You just got off work. That's. You, know, you said that before we went on the air. The last time you were on, I got up before work to interview you. <laughs> yeah, and I was like drinking coffee, and you were like having a few few good ones. Uh huh. Some of the I was getting lettuce, drunk. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whatever. Um, and now we flip the script, so like we'll, we'll get to see the other side of the coin. But uh, I think it'll be okay. I I do have shit I have to do, but you know, like when when you make a meeting at noon. Wait, which is midnight for us now. It's midnight. People. Yeah. All bets are off. I'm showing up how I show up. <laughs> right. Mm. They should just be happy that you showed up. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, hey, if you want to send one in the mail, I will plug it up and uh, the light, lights are out for In the Keep. Goodbye, everybody. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that would happen. I think, like, um, you're too invested in the keep uh, to abandon it. I, I really don't think that would happen. It I would, would be find some way to integrate the two. Right. Like, oh, well now we're going to start covering VR shit. Goodbye everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there so is some really good this. VR shooters. There is some good VR shooters. That's the thing is it's what you've missed out on. It's not all shooters stuff anymore. It's not. Oh yeah. It's evolved tremendously. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a totally, I mean, definitely still we have a very strong relationship with the retro shooter stuff. Like that's most of our content. But uh, it started back uh, somewhere in the middle of the area for episodes so far anyway. I covered a game called Faith, which was a like super old school, like C64 looking top down horror game. Okay. That was like a, I loved that game so much that I felt like I had to apologize to the audience. I was like, look, I know this is not what you're used to. Like we're not talking about FPS. It's not arena. This is not retro FPS, but it's just so good that fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then that's evolved ever since. Like we've, we've had uh, a couple of different RPGs featured and, and like, to be fair, if we want to really get, all the way back into it. Episode number six, we set the precedent right then and there. It's true. Not, not everything's a first person shooter. I'm like, that's true. You know, that was talk about you and what you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Granted, you guys do have the, the paintball thing, which is pretty fucking fun, but yeah, 
Yeah, paintball, and there's laser tag as well. Mm. But in general, like I, I, I can't iterate this enough. But like I, I don't want to be pigeonholed into just the retro <laughs> FPS thing because God damn it, I like to play things that aren't just retro FPSs in, in arena FPSs. And it makes it makes sense to branch out. It really does because. If you just stuck with retro FES, you're going to run out of content eventually, right? You would would think that. But since you've been gone, E1M1 Magazine has started up. And my buddies, uh, Zach and Jake, have a whole magazine where they're just... Just not like oh, nice. strictly retro FPS, like nothing I love the name, by the way. That that (laughs) speaks to me. Yeah. And, And they've gone so far beyond like i i thought i was the world's leading expert on the subject wrong <laughs> big time wrong man. <laughs> uh, put you in your place huh they're doing Ooh. great they're doing fantastically and probably because they're they're willing to stick to their niche and i'm just like man i sure I you want to branch out heart, you know yeah I gotta talk about yeah that. i hear you um so it's a very stream of consciousness thing <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but anyway, back to Clue. Um, yeah. So I, I know you don't want to give away too much too early, but it, part of what's so interesting about what you guys are doing, and I kind of I have to find some way to branch this back into how I originally started this tangent <laughs> anyway. Right. Uh, is that you're – you're breaking ground. You, people are inevitably going to spiral further and further and further into what some people may see as a dystopian future, but what I see is like just nature happening in its rawest form, I guess. We are going to become more and more, uh, not necessarily dependent, but you know, we're going to become more in tune with technology. And if anybody doubts that you're listening to me on your fucking cell phone or your computer right now, (laughs) and me and pigeons are talking through a computer, through some software or video chat, like you're, you're crazy. If you don't think this is happening to you, like everybody's part of it. It's just a matter of how deep do you go? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And your children will be 10 times more into it, man. I, I spent like, I spent several hours hanging out with some really good friends the other day. They have very young kids and their their kids are awesome. Love them. Shout out to Craig and Taylor. <laughs> and, and why not Claire and, and Calvin? <laughs> Love you too, kiddos. And they uh you know, the kids are so fucking in tune with this shit. They can't go to fucking bed without their goddamn tablet. <laughs> It's like screw the teddy bear or the like baby blanket. They want their, they need their iPad to I, go I to sleep. And that's just the beginning of it because like it's, it's when when my kids have kids, it's gonna be like they're gonna have their little fucking VR chip installed in their brain, <laughs> yeah. docile, so their parents can like drink beer or whatever. Like, I, well, I don't, we, we I don't see like that in VR it. sometimes, to be honest. And like, I'm not advocating for it, but parents will plop their kids in, in a VR headset and set them loose in like rec room or VR chat and just, and use the VR as a babysitter. You have to, the early stages of that is already happening. I, I am strongly advocating for good attentive parenting. Right. Right up front. Like that. Agreed. If you are doing that with your kids, you should at least, I mean, at the very minimum, 
check in every once in a while with the communities or whatever that your kids are getting involved with and make sure they're not like radicalizing them or some shit. <laughs> right. Um, right. Well, Rec Room at least, uh, not enough not enough kids use this, but it has a junior account system where um, it's actually because of uh, U.S. law that they're required to do this. But anyone under 13 needs to be on a junior account and they can't communicate with anyone. They can play the game. They can be in you know room with other people, but they can't hear or talk, um, and they can't be in rooms with uh, like say a a board with pens or something, you know, so they can write out. And it's because even in Discord, you know, just yeah, like Discord's it, the same I, way. I've never been in any way like rejective of of kids or or you know teenagers or whatever joining the group. Sure, but. We're, I'm not going to overtly censor people. Like I, I'm just not going to do it. Like I, I, you know, if you come in starting spouting like what could very easily be perceived as like hate speech or some shit like that, like you got to go right. on, right. on principle of rule number one: don't be an asshole. Right. That's, that's easy. But like, uh, Smokey is a good. Uh, this is the second time I brought him up in episode 100. So Smokey, world record winner for. <laughs> go smoky like 15 16 but he's like a core member of the goddamn community like i can't oh yeah can't, we can't have in the keep at this point you know you've you haven't been around for smoky but we can't not have smoky so it's just like right. well, let's talk to smoky's mom and make sure everything's cool and if, it, right. if it's kosher it's kosher like that's that's how we have to deal with it um, yeah we've had uh i've had you know people in uh my vr friend group that uh like this year uh two of them are like hey, i just graduated high school i'm like <laughs> you've been hanging out with us for like three years and i didn't like i knew you weren't you know an adult but i never gave it any thought because like you said like people like Smokey are just so mature um i i mean we we know <laughs> there was no doubt never mind like okay you're you're 50 <laughs> you get it. yeah but it's just like I'm not going to reject some somebody who wants to be part of the community on basis of right. like age. I mean, if I were running a fucking porn and you know, sex hookup community, which I wouldn't <laughs> be, but if I were, then we would have much more strict rules. Like, I saw that like, wink as you said that. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, try my other company. Uh, no, for real. But it's just like Under it's just the video keep. games. This is video games, and like you know, teenagers right. are going to play. I played video games when I was a teenager, and oh hell yeah, welcoming community for them. You'd be like, hey, we're cool, you know. But like, yeah, understand ahead of time that you're, and this is on the parents. I don't even think it's on the kid, to be honest with you. You're sending your kids out into the wild west ether of the internet. You you better fucking be on it. And I guess that's where we were going. Was like. Yeah. There's some responsibility there. Yeah, there is. There certainly is. Uh, know what they're up to. Yeah. Know the people they're hanging out with or have some idea of it. Yeah. But I'm always mom. I'm always like, hey, guys, fucking seriously, okay? Like, homeboy's <laughs> like, you can't be saying that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Regardless, whatever. What, what tangent were we on this time? I forgot. Um, I, I forgot too. We, we were talking <laughs> to some extent about how 
this whole evolution of people gravitating towards technology has right. to do with what you're doing. And I think that there's, there's certainly a place to be recognized where there is going to continue to be more and more and more of a market. We've already seen people who have seen what it's like to work from home for the first time ever in their entire lives uh, be presented, you know, now that the vaccine's coming out and all this kind of shit with the option, like, okay, let's go back to work. And motherfuckers are just quitting their jobs. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Shit. <laughs> I didn't have to commute for a whole year and a half. Kiss my ass. I will gladly go on doing whatever the fuck I want for the rest of my life. Uh, right. I mean, not everybody has quite that. Has that luxury. Yeah. Luxury, to be able to like, do that. If you can, I don't see why you wouldn't, man. And I'm not saying stay right. locked in your house all day, but the, the days oh. of like the days of just like honest to goodness, like slave labor of get, get up in the morning go to your job work the hours that they set for you, uh, pretend like yeah. you need to be there at a meeting that you really don't need to fucking be there for. Like that's <laughs> right. chipping away slowly. It is. And, yeah. Not enough think- around here. Um, the roads have about, I want to say about a month ago here in Denver, six weeks, mm-hmm. maybe almost like it was a gradual thing, but didn't realize it. So it's like one day I woke up and, all of the normal spots are clogged again on the roads. Um, there's here's here's multiple accidents every day, and like uh, all the traffic's back. And I'm thinking, I know at least half of you motherfuckers can work from home. Um, so what the fuck? Like I get, I get, uh, you know, cabin fever, and you know, want to get out of your house and stuff. So go to a park after work. <laughs> <laughs> if I could do my job from home, there is no way in hell that I would choose to commute to work. Well, it's just a matter of time. If I want to get on a truck from a VR headset, man. Right, right, exactly. I just pop on my VR headset and sit at a chair and just drive the truck through. <laughs> through What's that. an acceptable ping for a truck driving? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like. It, I mean, even if I want to get out of my place and, you know, I've spent all day at the house, I mean, to get out. Okay, great. I'll go, go hiking in the mountains or something. Go out to a park. (laughs) Uh, I think think that, um, and I've observed this a bit, I think, but people have, people who live in like New York and LA and shit, they're just, if they had the means, fuck this. No reason to be here anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, and unfortunately, at, from my perspective, I'm, I'm a big – I hate cities. Fucking hate them. <laughs> but they, uh, the vast majority of people are going to move out of like these larger areas, like metropolitan areas, uh, because they don't have a reason to live there if they don't have to go to their job, right? Right. Like, why would you not be you know, in, in excess of nature? And if you can work from your computer and – like fulfill your employment needs, make your salary, and then just like own a better, a bigger piece of land and a better house in a more, you know, and I say more rural because Denver in comparison to New York or LA, I would say. Is oh yeah. Denver rural. is. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Considerably. D- or like Houston city by my standards. It is. There is lots of people who've moved from California to Tucson just like in this short period of time. In fact, there's like the the fucking yeah. U-Haul trailer 
uh, store has like this uh, special on <laughs> anybody going to Southern California gets a huge discount because there's so many <laughs> trucks coming from Southern California to Tucson. <laughs> Get them out of here. <laughs> yeah, we've had we've had that influx of uh, Texans and Californians here in Denver as well, and. Mm-hmm. Initially, there was the, you know, like, what are you doing? Get out. Stop moving here. But then you realize, like, I need to get off my, get off my pedestal. And, like, it's a great place to live. Soon no wonder why. legalized they... weed and mushrooms, y'all are fucked. <laughs> <moving>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's funny because uh, Colorado and Washington legalize recreational marijuana. And then all of a sudden, the rest of the country sees how much tax revenue is bringing in because a lot of people <clears throat> are okay with spending more for weed if they know it's, um, you know, good quality. Uh, I would say uh, just to avoid the, the ever looming possibility of, of being arrested for it. You know? Right, right. There's a lot of hassle. Yeah, it's just comfortable. You go into the weed store and you buy your weed or your edibles or whatever and then go have fun you don't ever have to worry about it yeah um i had a i know a guy that because you can grow plants legally now and there's some restrictions on it like you can only have two adult ones they have to be behind a locked door blah 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 whatever you know police aren't raiding houses to check to see if you have six pot plants instead of five um but i know a guy that grew a bunch of grew a bunch of plants last year just for the fun of it. And it was like, uh, turned out to be like the little red hen. Excuse me. Turned out to be like the little red hen story where it came time to harvest and, uh, you know, separate the seeds from, from the buds and all that. And he said it was a lot of work. No one wanted to help out, but as soon as the weed was dry and ready, all of these people all of a sudden were his best friend. <laughs> and so he's like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not growing weed for them uh, this year. I'm not doing it. <laughs> no one wanted to help me out. I'm going to, I'm going to try to tell this story in a very legalish sounding way, or <laughs> at least a non-incriminating sounding way. Sure. Uh, so first and foremost, I, like you, because of my job, have not partaken in the marijuana in a very long time and do not intend to until I leave that job. Let's put it that right. Way. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. However, there's no however on that. I will. I, I, I atone to everything <laughs> I just said. My best friends, two of them in the whole wide world, like I've known them since high school. You know, we, we all graduated together around the same time. I go off and do my thing. They... Uh, stayed in town and initially I'm like damn bad move guys don't stay there because this is fucking bumfuck Alabama and <laughs> I, I go off start doing roll what tide doing. <laughs> roll damn tide <laughs> uh, shortly thereafter they both end up in Washington and end up in the pot business now one of these guys had he was the definition of like Mr. Straight Edge he had never in, given any indication that he would ever use drugs. Like he was, he was, he wouldn't even take a sip of a beer at a, a fucking party. Like this guy was, <laughs> he was a choir boy. I mean, he wasn't even a choir boy. He was just like real. Like, that's just how he felt. Like, I'm not doing that. Okay. Shit. Okay. And sure. 
and then you know he gets to Washington and starts smoking the bud and all that kind of it's, it becomes easy <laughs> it's a, whatever and then uh, other buddy follows him out there both of these guys will remain unnamed for now <laughs> but, <laughs> for now uh, second homeboy had been you know in Alabama where it was illegal for a long time but was yeah. uh, pretty pretty keen on the business of such things. Sure. And shows up in Washington to join our other friend. And they're like, do you have any experience? And he's like, bro, I've been selling bud for like, since I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they give him a job and he's a fucking manager. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> like, well, if you can do it when you have to do it under the table, like, you're going to be a great salesman yeah. <laughs> when it's legal. <laughs> but uh, all that to say, essentially, that people are going to follow opportunity wherever they see it. And if you have the opportunity to not be a fucking, you know, like spending half your day commuting into a city or whatever to yep. make your living, like, why would you even do it? And we're seeing more and more of that. And all of that, again, fucking 40 minutes into the conversation to say <laughs> people are going to eventually transfer that to entertainment as well. It's that's already become a thing because of COVID too. Yeah. It's like people were going to the movie theaters, and now it's just like direct to Netflix, direct to Disney Plus, directly. And people are just like, ah, oh, I like staying at my house and watching it on my home fucking theater. Yeah, that I bought for well, five hundred um, bucks. Kiss my ass. I subscribe to um, HBO, uh, their streaming service, and they've got a deal with uh, some of the movie, uh, some of the studios where it comes out in theaters, and it's on HBO for thirty days when it comes out in theaters. And screw going to a theater. I'll sit at home. The beer is cheap. Um, I don't. I don't have to worry about how I'm getting home because I don't, you know, drive when I drink. So I can sit there. I can have some beer. I can make myself some food. I don't have to get super expensive movie popcorn. Although that's really good, but it's just a much better viewing experience. Uh, if I need to go to the bathroom, I can pause the movie. You know, it's just so much better for from home. I do have a very nostalgic attachment to seeing movies in a theater. I, I totally get why people feel that way. And I think there will probably always be at least a small market for that. But like, there was something really magical when I went to LA. Uh, I, I hate LA, but I went to the new Beverly, <laughs> which is Quentin Tarantino's theater and just sat there. Oh. I didn't know what the fuck movies he was shit. Cause it's just shit. He has on like 35 millimeter. Yeah. Like some, like, Nancy Khan movies that he was showing that night. And there it was still to the experience that you don't remember the movie very well, but you remember the experience, exactly. uh, the atmosphere of the theater. Uh, right. Like, and that's very something that you clearly love. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. I can see that. Yeah. I just, I think there's something to that that probably won't really fully go away. It'll probably, you know, it'll be like uh, when, you know, when sorry for your job, when, self-driving cars fully take over like there will still be people who want to you know go to a racetrack and rent a car right whatever and drive around at 100 miles per hour the same way that there are still people and of course there would be who you know keep a horse on a ranch somewhere that they don't get to see every day but that they want to go ride their horse and that it's really important to them and if they have the means they're going to do it um yeah I, i think theaters um there, at least around here, I know how I was there. Um, before COVID, they were shifting towards, and I hope this comes back, towards less of a just straight movie experience and more of a like dinner and a movie 
like less seating, more spaced out. You have basically like a table in front of you. Yeah. Order food, you know, and there's like waiters that that'll come bring the food out to you. And so it's like an entire evening all grouped into one instead of just let's go see a movie you know, packed in like sardines as much better viewing back into what you kind of do and there will be some overlap here you know when you go to a a live performance generally speaking or at least where i'm at like for here in tucson we have the gaslight theater and this is like a, a musical theater place and yeah it's, it's wonderful i mean you go there you get a table to yourself and your date they bring you know you get dinner you get wine whatever the fuck you want but it's all very spaced out to begin with and it's a it's a whole thing it's not just uh sit in a little cramped ass you know delta flight seat size seat and, <laughs> right. and stare at a screen or stare at the stage it's 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 a it, there's more of an experience to it than just that or if anybody's ever been to the dixie stampede in tennessee owned by dolly parton god bless her my my hero number one greatest human being who's ever national she is a national treasure but you know i don't remember jack shit about the actual show but i do remember the potato soup <laughs> <laughs> you know oh I mean? yeah, <laughs> that'd have been really good potato soup. I mean, I love <laughs> potatoes, but yeah, <laughs> you, you go to a live theater and like I don't remember anything but the soup. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying, man. You go to yeah. the Stampede. Uh, who gives a shit? Like you saw the show, but man, that that potato soup. Everybody who's ever been to the Dixie Stampede <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. It's yeah, like the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Now I want to go just for the potato soup. Dude, I'll take you. You and me can go together. We'll, we'll fly out to yeah. Tennessee. We'll get some Dixie Stamp. Well, I don't even know if they're allowed to do the Dixie Stampede anymore because essentially what it was is like, have you, you ever been to like medieval times or anything like that? Are you, are you familiar I'm, with? I'm familiar with it. Okay. It's, it's medieval times, but it's civil war. So, Oh, okay. This, I mean, this is the South. So, Sure. There's this yeah, I lived epic. in Georgia for a few years. Yeah, I'm familiar with the uh, um, the deep South culture that still exists. <laughs> Essentially, what you see happen is a is a rodeo reenactment of like a very happy of a civil war non- battle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A very non controversial esque civil war, but you know there were certain <laughs> flags that are no longer. Ha- I, right. I have to look into before I promise this. I'm going to have to look look into what they're doing now and if it's even still a thing <laughs> well if they're if they're doing it without the confederate battle flag then uh, as long as they have the potato soup i'm sure it'll be fine let's see if we can um, just get the potato soup recipe how about that? right yeah yeah it, we're, we're really there for the potato soup <laughs> we're, we're not there for the reenactments <laughs> see that's how much Who i cares about, flags that are flags. about what happened there is that i was so enamored by the soup <laughs> But I forgot uh, about I forgot about the Confederate battle. Oh, uh, that's funny. Um, Are you sure you weren't that guy that uh, got a bunch of money on Kickstarter to make potato salad? Um, did you was that a thing? Did you hear about that? No, oh yeah, no. some guy some guy made a Kickstarter years a few years ago to make potato salad, and it went viral. And his updates were basically like, "Holy shit, guys, stop donating! Fuck." Um. All right, and so he ended up renting out a like exhibition hall at a hotel or whatever, and getting a whole shitload of potatoes and ingredients and like 
hundreds of people showed up and they all made potato salad. That sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. And the way you love this potato soup, I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if Motherload was that guy. <laughs> um, no, but that sounds awesome. And I would love to do something like that. Because <laughs> if I if I were to bring Mama Brandon's potato salad recipe to the world stage, it would it would end potato salad around the world. Like nobody would ever be. <laughs> you would, you would put so many potato salad companies out of business. They would be fucked. They would not know what to do with themselves. They, they <laughs> <laughs> there would be like this, this dark war room with a bunch of uh, food executives, you know, barely lit. You can barely see their faces steeped in shadow. What do we do about the mother load p- potato salad? <laughs> Oh my god! So I guess the the next like little tangent that I would like to try to explore here is what do you because it's been a long time. What do you remember of in the keep that resonates with you? And then I'll try to bring you up to speed as we go through that. Um, the tournaments that you used to host, the FPS tournaments, those are always a ton of fun and. Uh, the cross promotion of uh, FPS stuff because there was, you know, ultraviolets uh, or ultraviolence stuff. Ultraviolence and, and State of Quake were the big. And State of there. Quake, yeah, yeah. I remember a lot of cross promotion with them. Uh, a lot of fun tournaments. Um, even though I was horrible at FPS games, it was a lot of fun to watch others that were that were good at it. <laughs> I try to pride myself on like, you know, I'll never forget the people who helped out and made things awesome and all that kind of shit. But there was, there, there's always going to be this kind of, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror every day, you don't realize until you look at a photograph of yourself, you know, two years ago that you, you're like, Oh, I have changed that, that kind of thing. Mm, and yeah. I guess what I really wanted to accomplish with this sort of, you know, celebration of episode, 100 or whatever was to try to like take a retrospective not just for the audience like there's a lot of people who have definitely joined since the initial parts of this thing but for myself because it's real i don't know it's for some reason my brain told me it was important to do this and uh i mean you're you're like you're you i had to have you i I really would like to get, reach out to as many people as I can, but I don't know how many people are going to be like, ah, I don't give a fuck. Oh, no, I give okay. a fuck. I'm glad he reached out. It's fine. Oh, but, I was very happy when you did. We, you bring up state of quake. Like I, I owe so much of this to unkind and slip for, for mm. everything. Like unkind produced the first six episodes of the show. Uh, if he hadn't encouraged me, I don't know that I would have ended up doing it. If he hadn't given me that buffer period of like producing it, because it took until episode six, you know, for me to say like, I want to learn how to do this for myself and I want to take over all production and all that kind of thing. So without him helping out, like if, if you didn't have that right away, you might've been like, Oh, it's too much work. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And that's, that goes so much deeper than just the podcast. Like, you know, if he hadn't encouraged me to go forward with the podcast and been really cool about just like, yeah, here's all the audio published on your own shit and go ahead and have fun. Yeah. Um, And all the other generosity. 
I mean, Slip taught me how to play Quake, man. Like, I, I played Quake 3 and shit in high school, but I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I didn't have a straight <laughs> None of that shit. Like, Slip taught me most everything. Like, between that and, like, YouTube videos. Um, I would not be where I am now if not for the uh, the shoulders of giants that I stand on. And that includes those guys. That includes you. That includes everybody who's even in between then and now. Like, so many amazing people have helped out within the keep out of the generosity of their hearts. It's not like I was like throwing a bunch of money. Around, um, until <laughs> <laughs> I just now, we just now gotten to the point where there is money to be shared, you know, and I couldn't do what I do. And this is like my dream job. This is everything to me. You know, if I come out of high water, uh, no matter what's going on in my life, I, I value that my the, the the people who care are going to get an episode of in the keep every tuesday and i plan to keep doing that as long as i live or at least nice. as long as i could foresee i i love this and i it's like a gift that was given to me by several different people who i can't ever think enough i'm i'm really happy you're having having a lot of success you you have always been very passionate about the keep about in the keep that's, yeah that's that's right it, that's it great. Was, so when you when you were first it, around we did the catholic keep thing and then we did uh-huh. the, the keep thing and then uh-huh. we came because the podcast and was in called the keep, in the keep was was the yeah it was just the podcast name I totally and now i noticed forgot about this yeah and Thank now you. i yeah, I've been poking around on the Discord while we're chatting. I noticed the Discord is named In the Keep now. <laughs> well, it was a it was a brand recognition thing. It was like sure, we have yeah. to we have to like be easy to find. And as much as I like held on for a long time, like no, it's just the keep. Like and and people should just fucking understand that the podcast is in the keep because it's the keep. It's like it became a point where it's like. This is the brand, you know, like, fuck right, like, right. Just, just rock it. Yeah. When I showed up at QuakeCon and I, I, I like walk up to the new blood, uh, area and yeah. Austria's like, Oh, you're the, in the keep guy. I was like, Whoa. I should probably be smarter about how I do. Right. If everyone's recognizing you as the, in the keep guy, um, well, just rock that brand yeah that makes sense i was probably wearing a the keep t-shirt at the time too which are still available (laughs) (laughs) i have one you sent me one i need to send you the new one you you gotta like yeah yeah there's there's a new one in the keep yeah yeah we redesigned the logo and everything it's been a whole fucking bent like i i didn't really intend to spend the time talking to you to just be like oh look at all the fucking great shit we did but like (laughs) things have Things have been. It's been two years. Like that's not that long. Has it been that long? It, it took me like. It feels. It feels like it's been like. All right. It just feels like it feels like it was just a couple months ago that we were playing Quake. Uh, Quake uh, Champions is all like. It's, so we were playing Champions together in like October 2018. Oh my gosh! You're right. Heat podcast started in like. January, February, like early 2019. That's when yeah. the state of quake kind of started coming to its close. And we like did our first little run. And then they, we launched after that, like full on. Yeah. And then it's 2020. It's, it's fucking 
June of 2021 right now. And, and if you think about it, like, and I, I think I know I've made some flip flubs here and there in between, but I think it all kind of balances out every week since then, you know, since around that time, yeah. I published an episode, you know, there's 50, what, 52 weeks in a year. Yep. This is episode 100. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like, <laughs> That's been two it's, years. It's been two fucking years. Jeez. And, Blink and it goes I, I a couple mean, of years. It's so fucking insane to me, man. Yeah. So, are you uh like? Do I need to fill you in on like the last whole year of shit? Like, are you aware? Did you see Realms Deep? No, you, yeah, you got to fill me in on all of this. Um, the past, like most of 2020, I was completely I engrossed yeah. in um, uh, creating and doing and acting and. And like directing back to the rec center, so that like took up my entire focus. So like, we'll we'll continue on that path too. But like, just give give me like a little bit, a little chunk of time in here to like, just oh, man. you, you got so all sorry. the time. You get all, uh, take all of the time. Uh, we we've already talked about about the VR play. We can move on. Let's let's talk about what's going on the past year with. Uh, Within the keep, I want to hear all this. This is going to be hard because you're reminding me of shit that I'd already forgotten about. I'm sure I've forgotten about a lot. <laughs> um, do you remember Brand Flakes? I do. Okay, so how's she doing? Very well. Now she's a young adult. She's kicking ass, taking names in the real world. As far as I know, try to nice. keep in touch as much as I can. But obviously, like everybody's got their own shit going on. Sure. But it, it would be totally improper for her to not be addressed in the, in the history of what happened here. Okay. So I went to QuakeCon in 2019. This is a very summarized history. And the other, the other episode 100, which is like with the kind of modern day crew, will cover a lot of this too, but fuck it, you know. I went to QuakeCon 2019 with Violent Heart from Ultraviolence and Ease 5000 and X24. And while I was there, I met a lot of really cool people, man. And it's, there's no way I can catch you up on who all those are. But sure, Arena FPS people I went with, I walked away with the Doom community. I walked away with an interview with Andrew Holschult, um, who you're, – you're such a, an enigma here. Andrew Holschult did like the soundtrack to Dusk and did – doom eternal and their extension Ooh. packs i should say and yeah he's a he's a really fantastic musician uh now doom eternal hadn't come out at that time but he had already made such a name for himself in the music scene and in retro fps that it was just like this is a huge fucking takeaway for me and he was so generous and it was just that established a really nice relationship from there you know, at that point, you know, this is, we'd been interviewing people who were like, you know, part of smaller retro FPSs. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff. I'm not diminishing anything that we've ever done. I'm just saying that, like, there's a, an amount of interest from an outside crowd that is only generated by people who are known to a lot of people. And so when he does that, suddenly, when I reach out to people, because you know me, I'm a fucking crazy motherfucker, and I'll just email anybody in the middle of the night. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, 
suddenly people are like looking through the catalog and they're like, Oh, Andrew did the show. I'll do the show. And then uh, we get, like, okay. So then we started getting people like, uh, saying like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Because Andrew did it because I know Andrew. Yeah. And simultaneously, um, amongst many other things that she did, brand flakes, uh, I think goes to PAX South, uh, in Texas. And she talks to Fred Schreiber, who is the vice president of 3D Realms oh. for some reason, because she's amazing. And she's like, uh, <laughs> hey, have you heard of this podcast in the keep? And he's just like, oh, no, what's that? And she's like, uh, well, it's this show that primarily talks about, you know, retro games and FPS and that kind of shit. And, you know, I really think it would be cool, I guess, for you to go on that show. And he's like, fucking set it up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, we get we get Fred on, and Fred is, you know, so there's kind of three, there's the triple crown, as I like to call it, of retro FPS right now. There's 3D Realms, there's New Blood, and there's Night Dive. Yeah. Fred comes on. We hit it off amazingly. We talk about Duke. We talk about all the stuff, you know, with 3D Realms. And then Dave Oshry from New Blood shows up very shortly after that, along with, uh, Stephen kick from night dive studios. And then the, the podcast just becomes like a, whoa, like <laughs> I, when I looked back through it a couple of days ago with the other, you know, with the other guys, I was like literally like reading through the episodes like, Oh man. And then that happened. Oh fuck. Like all like, like a, that escalated quickly kind of yeah. moment. And, and she, without really knowing it probably like started a, a fire that became a fucking, you know, forest fire. Yeah. In a good way. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was just like crazily, crazily different for me all of a sudden. And I had contact and I still, to, now it's like in the keep is like this network of people like indie gamers, indie game developers reach out to me. Constantly, I, I've gotten no less than six private messages since we've started this podcast that I've not responded to. <laughs> Just people are like, you know, like, hey, what's going on? Like that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, because I just it not not anything like, hey, would you do this for me? But just like this this brand has become like a network for people to reach out and say, like, hey, would you check out my game? Hey, would you do this? So, you know, like, and I know so many people now. And that's weird, and I, I don't want to be like Mister. I know everybody. Make that seven private messages. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that culminates in I get a message one night from Fred, long after we've done our episode, and yeah. apparently he really liked the show and liked the vibe of it. And he says, "Would you like to be part of this thing we're doing called Realms Deep, which is three D realms?" Uh, this is mid COVID. So virtual convention at this time and probably will be for the next couple of years until we get out of this shit. Yeah. And he's like, would you like to do all the interviews for this? And I was like, (laughs) you're goddamn right. I would. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And, uh, that was like a huge stage for me to interview Cliff Blazitsky from, epic for like mm. i didn't get to do john romero because like long story short i was asleep when he decided he was able to be uh, but jahar from tasty spleen 
did it on in the keep podcast instead of me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Chuck Jones, who drew uh, G man for half life and a bunch of other shit like American McGee, just like, like yeah, the who's I who never, of- I never thought I would be able to talk to Tim Willits yeah. was on, oh. uh, John St. John, Duke Nukem. Yeah. Like, yeah, these, I, these are the who's who of, of, you know, the gaming world. Um, and I, I never thought this would happen to me, man. Um, <laughs> That's really cool. And, and suddenly like, bam, there's five or six, seven, po- whatever podcasts with like legends in the gaming industry that just continue yeah. to make the podcast even, even more of a thing. And it's to be very clear, like st- it's not, it's still not like, it's, it's not ever going to be the Joe Rogan experience or some shit like that, but it's, it's become a sustainable little podcast. And I'm really proud of that. You should be proud. And like, here we are preparing right now for Realms Deep 2021. That's awesome. Okay. Um, uh, off screen, you know, off air after the podcast, you're going to have to uh, give me all the information about that. Um, I'll, I'll let you know. No all right. Yeah. Yeah. Hit I'm me up on the, that. I'm not in the uh, business of like, hey, friends who are not usually involved with this, like fucking <laughs> come praise me and tell me how great I am. I'm just like, I'm genuinely excited for where well, our, and I, I say this to you where our little yeah. baby has gone. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Like, you know, last time I was on, it was, you know, Hey, this is really cool. You know, he's doing a podcast and, you know, hope he has success with it. And now, well, you did. <laughs> it's great to hear. Um, but yeah, like for the for the realms deep stuff, and what you're doing, like what you talk about in the keep, it is stuff that I legitimately am interested in. You know, I grew up playing the same games as you, um, playing the same games these guys created. Um, uh, lately, my absence from you know in the keep hasn't been like oh I don't care about that. It's just been other things pulling my attention. You have no obligation to explain yourself. Well, point being, I'm not just when I say give me information about uh, Realms Deep in 2021. I'm not doing that just to be nice. I legitimately am interested in that, so I'm excited. That's that's really cool. I- your your interest in what I'm doing doesn't need to be like I don't care like we're friends right and, until you're fucking until I message you and you're like in the reply is like sorry he's dead you're my friend like <laughs> and even then I'm gonna mourn you <laughs> <laughs> no um, he can't come onto the show he's uh, he's dead to me <laughs> I mean like I'm just I'm just fucking stoked man like this is so what you're doing what we're doing like what i'm doing it doesn't matter we don't have to like have this relationship built around like hey what did we accomplish like you're my pal and that's all right that, that really matters to me but yeah i do really appreciate it like it's it's been a wild fucking ride sure sounds like it i Feel bad for not being around to support you more, but I'm you don't have to. You really, just have to show up every once in a while and be like, hey, man, <laughs> "I love you." Um, Will you do. Know, I'm sure you have plenty of people in your life that are like doing other things, and you're just like, "Oh, that's awesome! Congratulations!" And then you continue to live your life, and that's how you should treat everything. Like, yeah. 
But then there's like the the situations where it's like, hey, me and my buddies did a fucking live VR play of Back to the <laughs> Future, and just like, well, I have to fucking go check that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, speaking of, I found the video of. Um, I'll DM it to you. That's probably not good podcast work to be talking about a video. <laughs> oh, who cares? Um, the video of someone compiling uh, when Biff knocked my VR headset off. How long is this? Uh, two or three minutes. All right, two I'll minutes. Do, I'll do the live play by play. Okay. <laughs> All right. So th- there's a stage. He gets hit. Oh my god! IKP left the game. He he literally like shot across the stage when this happened. Um, the camera is going nuts. Like they they don't know what the hell they're doing. That's great. Okay, here's your POV. You're crying. <laughs> and is- um, what you're not hearing without audio is when my headset flies off. You hear a raw, unfiltered, like pure swear word. Like, oh, shit, I have the audio. Yeah, on. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is fucking fantastic. <laughs> By the way, whoever was playing Biff did like an excellent job. And meanwhile, your your George is just like the most non-acting acting in, in, the, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the perfect way to be George. You know, where it's just like. Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it was it was really tough to play someone as pathetic as George. You know, it's really brought me out of my element. But (laughs) just uh, Uh, yeah, the thing is, like the the, that's what really is interesting about George's character in Back to the Future is that you get the alternate timeline of like who he is and who he could have been, or depending on how you interpret space time continuums, who he is and who he could have been. <laughs> right. You know, right. Yeah. Um, cause George wouldn't, uh, at, you know, at the end with confidence after, after he punched out that Biff, how do you interpret- completely different person? That could be um, an interesting topic. Like how, which one is like, how do you interpret which is the George that, is canon and which is the George that is like lost in the space time continuum. If you, <laughs> right. God, my brain is hurting. Just thinking about it. <laughs> well, according to like different time travel, you know, universes or movies or whatever, uh, deal with it differently. Like Avengers, for example, uh, when they time travel, it creates alternate universes. Um, however, in back to the future Two, doc Brown explains that Marty screwed up the timeline. Um, and now I guess it could be cause you know, it splits off and creates a completely different 1985 where Biff is, you know, super rich and powerful, uh, cause he stole the almanac. Um, so my interpretation on that is like in back to the future, there is just one timeline and time travel back and forth kind of fucks with that one timeline. Uh, now there's, I'm sure it could be a, a great amount of debate about whether or not they would have like collapsed the universe by doing that, but time travel gets fucky. <laughs> so I'm not going to go too much into that. I, I think it's just straight up, um, 
like it wasn't so much about what happened to change George into um, like confident George and kind of let's be honest, he's, he's kind of an asshole uh, when he's confident too. Like he's he's kind of a dick to Biff. Um, it's a, it's uh, a weird thing in that in the film we see it as retribution, though right. in reality that did not happen. Right. Because yeah. the other timeline didn't happen, although Biff did bully him, uh, you know, in high school. But um, what my interpretation of what changed so much isn't so much about George; it's about Biff. Because, mm-hmm. and we, uh, this is why we actually uh, wanted to represent that in our play when when Biff, instead of getting punched out, gets reported in front of everyone else in public. And just like in the movie, Biff gets punched out in front of everyone else. And um, like you think about most bullies, and Biff's no different. Um, what's the one thing they can't have? They can't look weak in front of other people. And so when he got punched out, he lost. He lost his intimidation. He lost his power. Look, someone stood up to Biff and took him out. And then from then on he can't go around bullying people because no one gives a shit. Uh, you're just a wimp. You know, uh, we saw George punch you out or in our play. Uh, yeah. We saw you get reported. Someone actually reported you. Yeah. You got banned. Eh. You know, you keep being a bully, you know, I'm going to ban you too. Cause someone else did. And so it just takes away from Biff's bully power and changes Biff's personality, which allows George to flourish and be confident. It's, I don't know. It it is a it's a fucking how old is that movie? Like Jesus Christ, came out in nineteen eighty five. Eighty five, so twenty. Gee, oh my god, <laughs> thirty six years almost. Yep. And still, like that thought experiment is mind boggling. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. essentially what it is. It's just like you know, how do you? How do you, how do we think about timelines and how do how do we interpret like what a change in it would be? Yeah, but at least in my estimation, the way that it's presented is as you said that when you ch- when you go back and change the timeline, that is a permanent change to the you know the the timeline, right? The, the one singular in the Back to the Future universe, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. But I can't help but just think about the alternate history there. Like there, there, there's got to be this look into. There's two separate ways this actually happened. Yeah. And does Marty's interference with the past separate the two? I I've got to think at least to some extent that there's still another universe where George is a weak ass bitch. And, and yeah. <laughs> 36 years later, we're still like I discussing guess, the philosophy of <laughs> back to the future. I, I guess there's one way to look at it in which Marty is still Marty, no matter what, like he, he goes back in time and then returns to the singular, to this future mm. that he lives in now. So from the perspective of him, this is all one reality. Well, I got another, speaking of Marty, I got another little bit of a brain fuck for you. Okay. 
What happens? So, like, for example, when Marty went back uh, in the screwed up 1985 where Biff was, like, you know, the casino lord or whatever. Mm-hmm. The Marty in that timeline had been sent overseas to boarding school. What happened to him? Was he still around? Like, if he didn't get sent to boarding school, would the Marty we see in the show, or, you know, the main character Marty, run into himself? Or did, or did, or did that Marty, like, disappear as soon as other Marty, you know, arrived in the timeline? Or, yeah, what happened? I think we're going to inevitably end up at a decision that, Back to the Future is not the most well-fleshed-out universe in the whole world. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it is a great movie, though. I will say I must have watched that movie probably at least 30 times while writing the script, and it never got old. How do you guys make decisions on what you're going to do? Uh, as far as our major productions? Mm-hmm. Um, usually we someone uh, throw ideas out, hey, let's do this or this or this. Um, and we get enough support like, okay, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, and kind of narrow it down to just a few. And then it becomes, all right. Uh, like with, uh, back to the future, it was, all right, let's do back to the future. Who's going to headline this. And I volunteered for that. So I ended up writing the script and, um, doing all of the back end work. Um, and then, uh, casting when it came to that point, uh, for for Clue, uh, drummer geek who played Biff, uh, really loves the movie Clue. I I do too. It's a great movie, and uh, he wants so he's wanted to do that for a long time. And the rest of us don't have anything that we really feel strongly about wanting to do over Clue, knowing how much he wants to do it. So we're all on board, and then. Uh, I had an idea, like, you know, when you're going to bed, your mind kind of wanders and uh, races as, as you're trying to go to sleep. An idea for how to do Clue on stage in a, a unique way popped in my head, and I had to get up in the middle of the night and go type it out to drummer, and he loved it. And that sealed us doing Clue. Uh, he had to make a... Uh, proof of concept prototype for the stage to make sure what we want to do worked and it does which made us extremely excited but for clue we're not doing like i said before it's not going to be a parody uh, and the reason is we've shown that we can do comedy we can do parody of of movies now we want to show that we can do a and clue isn't exactly a serious movie it's still a comedy in a sense but we want to show that we can do a straight up actual adaptation of of something in a more serious sense instead of making everything a parody about Rec Room. So do you think that actually side tangent before I go on this, this side tangent before the tangent, (laughs) do you, uh, do you guys have any legality issues in terms of, because you're writing your own scripts, but, is there someone who owns, I'm sure there is someone who owns the rights to like, you know, stage productions of these different things that you're doing, like back to the future, princess bride or whatever. Uh, and, and does that even extend to the virtual world? Because I know that if you want to put on a live production of a play, you have to go like buy the rights to do that. And in, in many, right. instances. 
Um, I'm really not sure how all that works, and I'm curious. We haven't been bothered about that yet uh, because we haven't been charging, making any money off of it. Uh, we've been doing our our productions for free so far. Yeah, we do plan to charge a ticket price for uh, Clue. Uh, we feel like uh, our productions have gotten to the point where, um, one, we can charge uh, a little bit for a ticket and uh, feel confident that the audience is going to get their money's worth out of the show. And two, it will help kind of weed out people because with back to the rec center and princess bride, every show there was always at least one kid there that, you know, kind of like wasn't really invested and it was a little disruptive and had to be kicked. But if someone actually, you know, paid some money for a ticket, they're going to want to be there. We want the people that want to be there, um, that want to see the show that are going to behave and not be disruptive to the other audience members. Um, now as far as like when we start charging for clue, no idea. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll find out. Um, we're not certainly not doing this to make money. Uh, and we're not going to make a lot of money off of it, but I totally understand if, you know, companies feel the need to protect their intellectual property. And I suppose, um, we would either have to work out, work out a deal if we could get permission. Um, we did, uh, we did reach out to the band I Fight Dragons and got their permission to use uh, their song "The Power of Love," their cover in Back to the Future. Um, so that was that was good because uh, we want permission to use other people's work where we can. How we would reach out to like uh, who did Clue? Was it MGM? I forget. Uh, not sure. Uh, that's something that we'll certainly tackle if we have to, and if needs be, then we might just start have to start writing our own uh, our own pro- uh, property instead of parodying other other stuff. Um, I would say for Princess Bride and. Uh, back to the rec center it's I think those two specifically fall under uh, like creative like what creative license like we're parodying the movies Mm -hmm. Uh, not copying it directly Uh, clue it's going to be a little different but it is again a stage adaptation uh, stage parody of it I didn't mean to make you work through a problem that you hadn't already thought through. <laughs> no. It, we're uh, very much focused on actually doing it. And if it gets that kind of notice, then it means we were successful in doing what we wanted to do. I'm, I'm going to start with the current hat that I'm wearing and be like, uh, no, no, that's all fucking awesome. You should just do it, go full on heavy heavy duty just kick ass full monty kick kick every ass (laughs) on the way do what you got to do if he gets you know cease and desisted congratulations you reached a lot of people right Um, on the other hand switch hat i smell money and 
there's, as I've already stated several times earlier, um, there's definitely a market for this kind of shit, man. People are absolutely going to be, if not right now, in the future, not back to the future, but the the actual future. <laughs> going to be looking for stuff like this like like what what home entertainment that's not like i'm watching tv you know like uh something yeah. similar to that stage thing that i can't or don't have the time or want to or whatever do and this sort of thing will be on the table for that i don't know if it'll be the biggest part of that market i have no idea what you know people with millions of dollars are cooking up <laughs> you've, well, you've really struck you know, it, at least a, I won't say the mother load, but <laughs> I will say a, <laughs> we've struck a chord. You, you struck something. You, you found yeah. some, some small, uh, what, we're, we're area, not, we're not mining. We didn't find the mother load, but we, uh, we were, you know, doing some, uh, uh what, like pan mining or whatever. And, found and we, something. we found a few flakes of gold. <laughs> you found something. You found something that says like there's something else here. And, yeah. And if you do end up going into like a full-on production where you're charging money for people to get in, and you can license whatever you want to do, because I'm going to be very honest, I want to see you guys do spam a lot. Since the first time you showed me this, I, I want to see spam a lot. So fucking spam a lot <laughs> in VR, like. Nothing would make me happier. I could even get my wife into that. Like that would be so awesome. <laughs> Musicals are really hard um, because <laughs> I mean, of. I mean, do the Holy Grail. Latency. Spam a lot. Exactly. Oh, okay, sure. You know yeah, I mean? uh, yeah. Do do the Holy Grail. Like that would. Oh, that would be great. That's my favorite <laughs> story of all time. My favorite book ever written, ever, ever. That would be fun, and like the humor in it fits our fits the humor of Obat. The orange bucket acting troupe, like that's our that's our style of. We all love Monty Python. Um, I mean, we've Once created. Future King is to me the greatest novel ever written. Yeah, <laughs> like there's so much to be done with that, and and I would love to see it. I, I don't don't you know I'm one really pseudo fan here, so don't take my word. don't, don't sure. take that and run with it, but. You know, there will come a point where you, you probably will be looking into shit like that, and don't uh, don't be fucking stupid and get yourself cease and desisted to right. the point where it's like where you can't work anymore. Like, don't don't get into legal trouble to the point where it like actually stops right. you from doing what you want. Yeah, it's um, lately, and you kind of, I think you understand this with the, how the podcast has grown with Back to the Rec Center the popularity of it kind of took us off guard a little bit. Yeah. Didn't expect it to reach as many other, like like starting to get noticed from other people and other professional actors and actresses doing um, their own productions. And it's great. Uh, we're going to roll forward with clue. Uh, but after that, yeah, I think we might either start, stick with doing parodies or write our own plays, which is a uh, bit daunting, but that would make me so much more engaged too. like knowing that you did this 
to make something original. Not that I don't right. already love the parody stuff. Like it's it's really really interesting and cool, and obviously I love it, or I wouldn't be talking to you about it. But there's like this part of it that's like, okay, you're doing like a, a derivative of something else. When I know it's like my best friend just did some fucking epic thing that's coming out of his fucking soul, man. Like that. I'll be so, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one day that'd be fun. There's no, maybe one day you will manifest your dreams. <laughs> yes. I know you will. You come this um, far. Like why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, speaking of like, I mean, I would love to, it's like an almost impossible industry to get into, but I would love to get into like the, you know, VR acting slash voice acting, um, uh, like type stuff. And we, uh, drummer geek and I actually got hired recently by someone to do a video for them, uh, which was really fun because they were impressed with our work on, in Obat. I'll talk to you more after the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. About some other things. But I, before I went on that tangent, before the tangent, I have to go on <laughs> now the tangent. Now it's time for the tangent. <laughs> I'm really mad at Chris Ryan for stealing the podcast name ten, tangentially speaking, because like that's the perfect name for a podcast. There's no better. As <laughs> hard as it is for people to spell and look up, Jesus Christ, is that the best ever name for like a proper podcast? Right. Um, so the the next iteration that I wanted to explore with this whole VR stage acting thing is, is there an influx of actual, you know, stage actors who were out of work because of the lack of theater over the past couple of years of, uh, trying to find their way in the VR or at least in the online acting community. There is, um, there is a few different groups doing their own thing. Um, and it is comprised of people that are professional actors and actresses. Um, I, it's still in its infancy. Uh, it's not something I gather that they do as a primary source of income, more like something on the side, uh, because you know the the audience just isn't there yet, but it is growing. And it's 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 been great to connect with them and go see their shows, which are amazing, and it really helps inspire what we want to do. Is there any like um, imposter syndrome or or compare self comparison to? other productions that you see that are similar in band to what you guys see? Honestly, no, because all the other productions I've seen are, and this is really impressive and inspiring. Uh, they're the kind of productions where it's interactive theater, where the audience is part of the show. There's no, there's no seating area, no stage. You're in a world and the actors are characters in the world guiding you through an experience. And, and whereas what we do, I haven't seen, well, there have been, there was a couple, uh, there's some, a group in the rec room that does like tribute concerts, 
but they use recorded audio. And so they'll just like be on stage pretending to be a band or something while they, you know, pipe the audio through. There's another, there was another group that was inspired by seeing one of our shows that wanted to do musicals. And so uh, because of audio latency, musicals are, you know, you can't actually sing it because uh, it's going to be all desynced. So they piped audio through and just basically mimed, you know, what the actors and actresses were doing for the musical stage. So those two technically are like stage productions, but um, there's really no one else that I've seen yet that does traditional theater, uh, full length traditional theater shows like we're doing. Uh, the closest would be there's a, uh, a group on VR chat called VR chat improv. And it's a group of very, very talented people that do, Whose line is it anyway? Style improv. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, um, and they put on a great show. Uh, they just had their four year anniversary show Sunday. They've been doing it for a while, uh, but again, that's you know improv theater and not traditional, uh, you know, Broadway style theater. Not that we're Broadway actors, but yeah. Okay. So for the people listening, I just like paused, ran away for like 10 seconds and then ran back. There's this magnet that I've kept on my refrigerator since I moved here. Um, When my wife and I were moving from Mississippi to Arizona, we were celebrating our honeymoon and we spent a week in Denver for for that because she wanted to see the rocky mountains and all that kind of shit and it, there's a whole other story behind that that actually ties into in the keep but i've told it so many times that <laughs> don't need to tell it again yeah but it's this adam's playhouse murder mystery dinners oh okay? yeah right okay okay and i solved the crime we decided like what's cool to do in denver this was one of them and we essentially like, it was like medieval night and that's all we really knew about it. And we, we went to a costume shop and bought like a, you know, I bought like a fucking big stupid foam sword and she bought like a cavern <laughs> wench outfit. Yeah. And we show up to this thing and it's like live interactive theater. Exactly. Like what you were just describing with your, your comrades. Uh, yeah. Your co-conspirators maybe to take over the world with fucking internet <laughs> and technology. But uh, this is a really fucking cool experience. It's the only time in my life that I ever, other than wrestling, which is the ultimate form of interactive theater, again. Sure. <laughs> no bias there. But this is one of those, like, uh, whodunit kind of things where, like, you know, yeah. like, oh, the, the king has been murdered and, like, who did it and, and like they do the whole interactive thing with the audience to figure out like okay who, did you guess it did you guess it in the winner you know who guesses it when something or whatever and you, you kind of get paired up with other couples or other groups that are there to determine it um i don't want to live in a world without live theater and right. as i've just i've discussed with you pretty pretty extensively at this point like we're we're inevitably like 
flowing towards this world where it seems more and more difficult for people to do that kind of thing. I, I don't, I don't want it to be that way. I really want the world to go just back to fucking like square one of everybody can do whatever the fuck they want. And who gives a shit if there's a virus in the air, just coughing each other's mouths. <laughs> but, uh, Old man yells at cloud. I, I know, I know, I know, but you are, no, I get what you're saying. you are spearheading this genre. You're you're spearheading a a very interesting world, which a lot of people are going to gravitate towards. And I want to see experiences like this. Was like as I said, man, I just ran all the way downstairs and back up to bring you the <laughs> stupid ass magnet. So you've got an amazing experience I had that could not have happened had I not been in Denver at the time. Yeah, and. No, I I don't want my children to grow up in a world where they can't experience at least something analogous to that. Now, see, here's here's the thing, though, and um, I don't want to preach too hard because I will if I don't hold myself back um, about VR. Preach, Daddy, hold on. Here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna pull out the minister certificate. Here we, go. <laughs> here we go. Credentials, right here, baby. Oh snap! I'm preaching to the pastor. All right. <laughs> so imagine being able to have that experience and not having to go to a different city to have that experience. That's what it's like in VR. You get to transport yourself into an experience like that. And when you're done, you take your headset off and you're transported back to your room. It's VR is really hard to describe uh, to someone that hasn't really tried good VR like good PC-based VR. Uh, I know you have the computer for it because so, you have the gaming computer. I am very tempted just to <laughs> Christmas gift you a VR headset sometime. <laughs> I, I'll make this generous and uh, analogous um, explanation of what I think you're getting at. And then you can retort with whatever your real explanation is. <laughs> When I talk about retro games, like games that are modern but are based on a, an experience that someone had 20, 30 years ago, right? So yeah. we'll, we'll use Scald FPS or Scald RPG, which is like huge, just bloomed up today on, on Steam. Like they've released their first demo. They're taking what was the standard of the early 90s RPG game, making it palatable you know like it looks the same it looks very much like that but if you were to recreate the exact experience that someone had in 1993 on a computer right now people would shit all over it they're just like just uh-huh diarrhea all over that, you know? yeah what you want to do is take the you know gr- take all the good nostalgic factors of that and uh, make it totally easily digestible to the modern gamer Yep. With VR, you are going to have to take everything good that I get out of reality and you're not going to be able to exactly cre- recreate it. You're not going to be able to do it exactly the way that I remember it from 10 seconds before I put the headset on. You better do such a good job that I forget. <laughs> uh, that you forget and, and I'm about, afraid of that too. Because that you forget, forget about real life? <laughs> I'm afraid that if you make me forget about real life... 
I'm, well, I'm going to be sucked in. <laughs> well, v, yeah, so VR is fun because um, it's almost like, you know, when you're a kid and you fantasize about, like, being a superhero or, or flying around space or whatever, you get to do that in VR. Um, and it's so immersive that, like, when I play Elite Dangerous, sit there, got my got my Hotas and stuff, and put the VR headset on. I'm in a spaceship. It, my brain thinks I'm in a spaceship. I feel like I'm flying around space. Um, it's legitimately like when you jump between star systems, you come out and there you're right in front of the star, um, and it just fills up your view very quickly, and it's a little intimidating first couple times. Um, or you can... Well, uh, you mentioned it earlier, you know, go play paintball, uh, a lot of fun, but you don't actually have to deal with getting welts <laughs> from the paintball guns or from the paintballs. Uh, it's not so much recreating real life as it is doing stuff that you can't do in real life, but it feels almost real because it's so immersive. Yeah, but it, it, I guess the analogy I'm trying to make is like, um, I, I know you're able to do things that you can't. We already do that in video games. You're able to do things that you can't do in real life. Like that's the whole fucking point. It it has to it has to make me. I'm really let, me, let me let me let me put it this better, way: the difference the difference between um, like uh, experiencing something on a flat computer screen uh, or through a VR headset. So you've watched uh, uh, Back to the Rec Center or Back to the Future play. You watched it on your computer screen. That's like watching a video recording of a Broadway play. You see everything going on. But if you were there in VR and actually attended the play, it would have felt like you were at that, uh, you know, instead of watching a Broadway play. And again, I'm not trying to say we're Broadway level production, but uh, just for analogy's sake, it would be like being there in the theater versus watching a recording of it. I'm, I know I've been like touting everything that you've done so far. Like I've this whole time I've been saying like, this is the future. This is so great. This is awesome there's still that innate part of me that says like, what if I like this so much? I'll never experience a real <laughs> visceral live performance again, because I don't give a fuck anymore because I'm so sucked into this VR thing. Oh, there's still something about actual live performance. Um, there's it, nothing like it, man. Exactly. Yeah. It's not going away. I, like you said, you said before, you know, you don't want to live in a world where your kids can't go and experience a like escape room or murder mystery in real life. Those aren't going away. VR just makes it easier to experience more of that um, when otherwise you couldn't. Like, um, like me doing VR plays doesn't make me think oh, I don't want to see a play in real life. It makes me want. It makes me want to see plays in real life more. Um, I, I remember, you know, cause you know, I've, I've seen uh, plenty of, well, I've seen a few really good plays. Um, uh, one sticks out is there was a small theater called the Playmill theater up in West Yellowstone. And they, I went 
when I was a teenager to see a production of uh, Annie Get Your Gun, which is about Annie Oakley. And that was an amazing experience at the time. I was like, all right, I guess I'll go because the whole family's going. And I loved it. And then now that I'm doing this stuff in VR, it just brought all those memories back. And I want things to get back to normal because I want to go attend actual live theater in real life even more. It doesn't take away from that. It adds okay. to it for me. I'm going to ask you a very difficult question. Oh, seven. No, that's not it. It's <laughs> not 42 either. How? Okay. Does VR porn make you want to go fuck women more? I actually have not uh, dabbled oh, in that. Okay. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's a line. That's a line that even I am not going to cross. Uh, no. <laughs> that would just make me, I don't know. I, ugh. I, I don't know if I could look at myself in the, in the mirror if I actually. I'm so terrified of, like, what does this do to interpersonal relationships? Uh, and I'm sure you have a very new, like, beautifully put and nuanced response to that that I should just <laughs> listen to and, and be like. I would I already, imagine. I would imagine. And um, again, I have not dabbled in that. It's just not something that, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just too weird, even for me. Um, I don't fucking believe you, man. <laughs> I don't care if you don't believe me. Um, <laughs> Not a bone in my body, please. But, <laughs> we do project ourselves into others, huh? So is that why you're worried about the VR headset? You don't want to get in VR because you'll just get addicted to VR porn? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, uh, th- no. You heard it here first. The mother lord, uh, the mother load ha- has become addicted to VR porn before even trying <laughs> VR. No, there's an excellent, there's an excellent episode of, uh, of black mirror that actually explores this. Right. So there it's called striking vipers. No, I know exactly the one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And- yeah. I watched that because when it came out, you were like, Hey, Let's play some striking vipers, and I was like, "What is that?" I just, just let's play. Don't worry about it. <laughs> then I watched the episode. I'm like, "Oh, um, <laughs> truly." That I mean, that's obviously science fiction. It's sure. It's a, a gross extrapolation of what's currently going on. We have a lot of time to figure out whether or not it's going to happen, but it's a real possibility. Uh, I don't want to live in that world, man. I, I really like banging Mrs. Motherload. She's like my best friend. We get along great. You know, she's soft. I don't think, she smells good. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't think it's going to have any more of an impact than uh, regular porn has had over the decades. I'm putting you on record. Um, We'll see. We're gonna check back yeah. in ten years. All right, in, yeah. In we'll, the, we'll, yeah. In the keep number one thousand, we're gonna check in with IKP <laughs> and see how that prediction went. <laughs> I'll oh. be too busy in my VR headset. <laughs> no, we'll we'll be doing the podcast in VR at that point. You won't have a VR headset at that point. You'll have a VR implant. It'll be a brain, brain implant, right? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, man, my truck driving job is long gone, bro. 
weird. <laughs> Elon Musk fucked the whole industry over. I'm no, I, I, I'm really enthusiastic. Like I, I just I want to ride the wave and see what happens because there's really nothing I can do about it. But uh, honestly, the number one thing that's held me back from VR is just like making that initial investment. That's that's the biggest hurdle. Yeah, I think for most people, and it, it's not it's that compounded with the uh, when is the right time to hop in kind of thing. Right. You know, and then how much does that same thing with any other computer technology, like how much reinvestment are going to have to make? So like how, if I buy the latest thing right now, two years from now, you're going to be like, dude, the next big, you got to get this next one. Yeah. Yeah. There's the porn. (laughs) (laughs) You can go Uh, inside the butthole now. You can you watch you watch that uh, striking vipers episode way too much. Do you watch that? Do you watch that every night before you go to bed? (laughs) Every morning before you go. I (laughs) I have not watched that episode since the last time you and I talked about it. Which is uh huh. Uh huh. What was what was what you said? There's not a bone in my body that believes that. Yeah, we'll, we'll it's the polar up. bear, isn't it? The one, the the line where the guy's like, "I even fucked a polar bear." That's that's the one that gets you, isn't it? Yeah, that's, <laughs> it, it really. Hey, I'm know, not here to shame. I'm not here ha- to king shame. For having watched that episode so long ago, and I really mean that, it really resonated. <laughs> it really stuck with me. <laughs> because, because that could happen. That totally yeah. can happen. You don't know yeah. if that's happened to you right now. I'm not saying like you're fucking anybody, but like you could be having interactions with people right now where you have a totally, and that that's not just. I have you. no idea who they are. Like anyone. Yeah. Cause it's any yeah. online relationship, unless we're doing sure. what you and I are doing right now with video chat. And even then, like, I don't know, you might have some fucking actor that you paid to like, it's it's true this isn't uh, i'm not the real ikp uh he's he's over there off camera uh he's holding up he's holding up cue cards telling me what to say you know i thought you i thought you changed your hair a little bit Um, (laughs) there there is definitely this possibility that you don't really know you're talking to and and that's a beautiful thing it's a simultaneously beautiful and scary thing about the internet in general is that people can kind of reinvent themselves yeah and that's definitely not new to vr it's it's you know been an internet thing since well since the early days of the internet really since the arpanet yeah it has been a a wild ride and such a beautiful experience to just get to catch up with you it has been great this has been a lot of fun i've missed you so much Aw, I miss you too. We gotta, uh, we gotta, we definitely gotta get like all the links and everything that you've mentioned so far. Like just all the plays, all the stuff. I'm gonna put it in the episode notes. I want to okay. definitely check out the clue thing. When when yeah, again, getting ready yeah. to happen, you've got to let me know so I can promote it and be like, "Hey, everybody, go check this out on the fucking you know x, x day of the x month," and <laughs> do that. 
I definitely will. Definitely will. I'm I'm honored to have gotten to simultaneously ride two different rate waves <laughs> while while you do what you're doing and while I'm doing what I'm doing and we we're we're part of this man. We're riding yeah. in that wave. We're doing this. Yeah. the twenty twenty one thing. Right? Uh it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. You uh you've got to stay in touch. I will. No, you won't. I fucker. You say that every oh, I'm just kidding. Um you have to. You, <laughs> no, I will. I will. I I just moved like I have a lot of discords. Um I just moved in the keep up to like higher on the list so it's I won't have to scroll down to see it. What if and I if told it's... you there are four in the deep discords? Oh my gosh. I all right. Well, you're going to have to link me to all of them and I'll put them in a folder. No, no, I won't do that to you. Um one is the <laughs> public page which anyone can access, right? This is the one that you grew up in. <laughs> right. And there's there's one just specifically for the podcast which is basically just like, like organizing the podcast and Patreon supporters and people who help with that shit. Sure. There's in the keep productions, which is live streaming stuff. Like if we're going to be contracting with someone to do a, you know, a tournament or whatever, we sure producing that for their organizing that. Yeah. And then there's in the keep games, which I will leave a big dot, dot, dot on for people listening. (laughs) But, uh, you're gonna, you're just gonna leave them hanging like that. Not gonna give them any more info about in the keep games. I'll t- I'll tell you after the show. But like, okay. everybody, for most people following know that I'm involved with Call of Sir Ragnar, which is an RPG, and I will tell you the other things off the air because fuck okay. listeners, they can all suck my. Ass. No, I'm kidding. They'll they'll know more. <laughs> stuff. They'll they'll know a lot more. Stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>